Hey, yo, this is Basketball with the Boys. I'm Big Rut. And I'm G-Money. What is going on, G-Money? Nothing, man. Just getting down with the first week back to school. What's up with you? There you go. Just uh, wrapping up the week here. Tomorrow's Friday again. And uh, if you're listening to this, it's Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And uh, we're going to get a huge storm this weekend, so I'm uh, a little, little nervous about that. Yeah. I saw you were trying to buy all the uh, Raymond noodles at Walmart the other day. Yeah, it was wiped out. <laughs> it was wiped out. But man, G Money, what do we uh, what do we got on the plate today? What do we got on the show tonight? We are talking about some of our favorite and most memorable European players. Okay, so uh, why don't you get started here? You know, tell me a little bit about some of the best European players that you believe. Well, just a couple I'm going to list off, and then we'll go more in depth about them. All right. Um, Dirk Nowitzki, of course. Of course. Yeah. Check out that podcast. Yeah. We probably won't talk much about him on this podcast because we already did a whole podcast about Dirk. Yeah. But definitely amazing European player. Changed the game for big men and the NBA. Um, another couple, Tony Parker, Giannis, Auntie Key Kupo. <laughs> butchered that yeah i try my best uh the gasol brothers paul mark mm-hmm. and then i have chris taps porzingis porzingis man i wish he he was on a better team i think he could have been a lot better if well, he wasn't on the knicks yeah let's just start with porzingod here okay he i agree with you like if he had more decent players around him I think he could have done really well, but I'm afraid about him being hurt. Yeah, no, he, he's he's gotten hurt a lot. Well, he's out right now, and this is only his third season in the NBA. Right. And it's something with his knee, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. we know from Derrick Rose that it takes a while to come back from knee injuries. Yeah, that's true. And, and when he first came in the league, he was playing with Melo, and I think that's where he was shining because he, he had Melo with him to, to – support i guess yeah to bounce off him and stuff yeah but his first three seasons he is averaging 14 points 18 and then 22 points a game wow he was shooting upper 30s almost 40 from the three-point line as a seven that's yeah that's impressive (laughs) yeah i agree he had about seven rebounds and his free throws were also hovering around 80 percent which is also pretty good for a big man. Right. So he just had a lot of potential, and it sucks that he's out right now and got yeah. hurt so early in his career. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he could have had a huge career, and, and we don't know yet. But uh, I, I think um, if he doesn't leave the Knicks, uh, he's not going to have a career. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I think he'll run into the same problem Melo did. Yeah where he'll be the superstar on the Knicks forever. Yeah. But he's not going to get any rings or anything like that. Nope. So it, I guess it depends on your goals. You know, if you're just there to make money and have fun, <laughs> then I guess it really doesn't matter if you're the all-star for... Right, <laughs> right. 
So, well, who you want to dive into next, man? I'll leave it up to you. All right, let's dive into the Gasol brothers. Okay. So I see here. Uh, of course, we know Paul Gasol. You know, played with uh, Kobe Bryant for a while. Won uh, two championships with him. Um, we know Marcus Saul, on the other hand, has been with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, you know, real steady, solid player for the Grizzlies, I, I, I think. Um, and both of them, you know, just have, you know, a, a presence on the court. Um, Paul Gasol has been a little bit more successful um, in his years. Um, but after he went to, you know, Chicago and he went to uh, the, the Spurs, um, I, I don't know. He's dropped off a little bit. And th- that comes with age, too. Um, but what you had noted here was he was consistently, you know, averaging in the upper teens and points and uh, around nine rebounds per game. So really, you know, he, he, he was a walking double-double. Um, Mark, on the other hand, you know, he was averaging, you know, mid to upper teens um, in points and had around seven rebounds throughout, um, you know, his career. Um, you had mentioned too, which is an, another thing with a with a big man having a free throw percentage that high. He was between the seventy and eighty in the free throw percentage range, so that's that's impressive um, for his for his sake. Um, he was playing alongside Zach Randolph and all those guys, Mike Conley and all that too. So um, you know he he had a good team with him, and I feel like Memphis probably could have had a little bit stronger of a run, um, you know, throughout the. Uh, you know, mid to 20, what are they? 2000s to 2010s. Um, yeah. Could have had a little bit better run towards the end of that if it wasn't for, you know, the Lakers, Kobe. It wasn't for, you know, the Celtics, all those teams in the East. Um, not the Lakers, obviously, but the Celtics, the Heat, um, you know, the Cavs, the you know, Pistons at one point, you know, all those teams. Um, I think they could have had a pretty strong team. Um, but, um, played it twice. Yeah. I agree, and I think I don't know how much Powell is influenced by the people around him, but I mean, getting to play with Kobe, a lot of people, you know, have to help out on Kobe. Right. So that leaves Powell, you know, underneath, like able to get open and maybe score a little bit more than like Mark where he doesn't have that dominant of a guard yeah. playing with him. That's true. So maybe that's, like, I'm looking at his stats right now. Over nine seasons in a row, Pau Gasol had averaged 19 or more points. Yeah. And Gasol has only averaged one season with more than 19 points. Hmm. So, and, like, you know, the older brothers played for longer, of course. Yeah. I mean, he's – this is his 19th season, so who knows how many more we're going to see out of him. But right. I feel like he's had a very solid career, like you said, with both championships and averaging such high points and rebounds consistently. Yeah. I think it's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of big man, <laughs> since that's all we've talked about so far, um, Giannis Anadokounmpo. I love this now, guy. I know. He is a freight train when he starts driving to the hole. He, Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I want to mention real quick, he is second in all-star votes right now behind LeBron. Really? Yes. Wow. He's first in the East. 
Well, I mean, he's a young guy, and he is just so dominant in the paint. Mm-hmm. His wingspan and ability to like get by other guys and patience in the key allows him to score over 20 points every game the last three seasons. People should be scared to take a charge against this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And how many people has he dunked on? I know. You know it's I know. Ridiculous. Yeah. But if he continues averaging over 20 points for several seasons, yeah. he'll definitely go down as one of the best you know, big men and European players of all time. Oh, for sure. He's already proved himself, I think. I think if he's already in his sixth season and he's doing what he's doing with, you know, his, his boards and his um, just aggressive play and, and, you know, just dominating the floor um, on a team that, you know, has some has some talent, but really he's the star there. And, you know, he can, he can take the point too, which is really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's the one that, you know, makes the move to, to get down in the paint too. And um, I'm, ex- I'm super excited to see if this isn't his prime, what his next couple years looks like. Yeah, could you imagine? I know. I think at one point last season, I remember seeing a stat that said he led the Bucks in points, assists, rebounds, mm-hmm. and blocks and steals. Yep. That's, like, that's right. he's doing it all, you know? Yeah, he had uh, he had twenty seven. He was averaging twenty seven points and ten rebounds last season. Yeah, and I see here that this season he is getting more rebounds, assisting more. Now he's up to six assists a game. Yeah, and he's blocking a little bit more, and he's scoring about the same. So he's improving other aspects of his game while keeping his scoring up. Right, which is huge for the Bucks. I yeah. mean that. That allows him to facilitate, you know, other players in the game. Exactly. Yeah, that's how, that's how you're going to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, so another player that you had mentioned here is uh, Tony Parker, which is still playing. He's playing on the Hornets, though. Um, helped the Spurs win four championships with Tim Duncan and Manu. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, Pop. Um of and what you had, you had uh, noted here was he was a finals MVP in, in 06, 07. Um, he averaged around 50% field goals along with the uh, upper teams, low 20s and, and points. Um, and you said that he had over six assists over six seasons he averaged there. And, and his highest free throw percentage was around 84%, which mm-hmm. you should have if you're a point guard. Um, <laughs> but that's that that just shows that you know he he's a solid player um came from france um i believe he played with yeah he played with boris dial who who also came from france um and they were both you know very well uh, tony parker was more successful obviously but um you know he he uh probably one of the best french players to come out of um europe so yeah for sure and I didn't really realize how much Tony scored before I looked into this. Yeah. Like, I thought he scored when he could, but was really more just to bring the ball up. Yeah, yeah. But him scoring, you know, 19, 19, 19, 22, 16, you know, for several seasons. Right. Along with having Tim and Manu and all those other guys on that team. I mean, that 
is just a winning recipe for championships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's why they got so many. Yeah. Yeah, they Pop Pop had the right team in place throughout the whole, you know, two thousands um going forward. And you know, that was a that was where the big three was um mm-hmm. before LeBron and D Wade and Bosch. <laughs> right. And I, I kind of feel bad, like I, w- I wish he would have retired with the Spurs. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, he, like this is his 18th season. Probably not going to play too many more. No. Like, I wish the Spurs would have just kept him. Yeah, he, he could have finished with them. But business is business. NBA is all business now. Yeah. It's all business. That's true. That's true. Well, let's talk about some of the people on your list that you thought to uh, bring up. Yeah. Yeah, so we crossed over with Giannis, uh, I had, and, and I had Dirk as well. Um, but I wanted to add uh, the most successful NBA Dutch player uh, to come out of the Netherlands. Um, some remember him um, from the Pacers. He played there his whole career. Uh, Rick Smith. Um, he was uh, – he, he kind of embodied someone um, bigger than, than Larry Bird of course, but um, he kind of embodied that same kind of play. So um, some of the stats here I found from, from Rick Smith's is he averaged throughout his career um, about 15 points per game and, and six rebounds, which is solid. Um, you know, he ended up uh, starting in his rookie year when someone got injured. Um, he started 71 games and he was averaging uh, around 12 points and six boards again. Um, so that that's, you know, really solid coming into your, your rookie year um, as a, you know, a over seven foot center um, mm-hmm. and, and playing um, for the Pacers, which, uh, which was uh, really impressive because he was playing with uh, Reggie Miller and, and all those guys as well. So uh, I read that he was, um, I think, the fourth most notable Pacers player in history um, behind like Rick or behind uh, Reggie Miller um Jermaine O'Neal and uh Mel Mel something I don't remember but um yeah so he he was uh he was a solid player for the Pacers yeah it seems that way it seemed like uh, just a he got better as he was in the league which mm-hmm. is what you should expect but yeah. not always what we're seeing nowadays right <clears throat> but it looks like in his sixth season he started getting into the upper teens and points yeah and along with his rebound and got to about seven a game, uh, seven or eight a game. And his free throw percentage is also around 80, which is good for a big man. Right. Yeah. Like older, old school big man. Yeah, exactly. But an interesting thing I see here is his third season, he only started 38 games, but he played at 76. Wow. And that just means he's coming off the bench, but he still was averaging 11 points a game yeah, and about five boards, which is exactly what you want from like a bench player. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, like it seems like he wasn't afraid to play his part in order to help his team win. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Most successful Dutch player. There he is. Yeah. That's cool. So I want to ask you to talk a little bit about the sensation that's going on this year that is from Europe, Luca. Luca, Luca, Luca. So he's from uh, Slovenia. 
he uh he used to play um in their european league over there um he's only 19 years old so he's younger than us um which is so weird to say and he uh you know he was drafted by the hawks um and then he was traded to the uh mavs yeah the mavs that night and uh Instead, the Hawks got Trey Young, and the Mavs got Luca, and I think that was a pretty good trade-off. Um, Luca was playing for the Mavs, and he's been been putting up some really you know solid numbers. Um, he scored on uh, December twenty-eighth, thirty-four points, and became the uh, youngest NBA player to make seven three-pointers in a game. Um, I as think as a power forward, as a power forward too, yeah. This man isn't Steph Curry point guard. No. He's 6'7", 218, power forward. Incredible. Uh, it, it's – every night I see a highlight from Luca almost. Mm-hmm. The, there's something that he does that is just like – it's astounding. And he's only 19, and it's like, where is this guy going to go? And he's under – and he's under Dirk's wing. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm 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 really excited to see what he has. I, there's not too much I can say about being, you know, one of the best European players just as of yet. But he hasn't even been in the league for a year, and he's already he's already putting on a show. Yeah, I I think he's on this list just because of the wow factor that he's given us this year mm-hmm. and the potential that he has. Yeah, for sure. Like his step back creates so much space. And he's able to hit those long range shots. Yeah. That as a you know, power forward is such a great skill to have. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. You know, halfway through the season now, he's averaging twenty points a game at nineteen years old, like you said. Like yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. So I'm just like you say, excited to see where his career goes. And I hope that like Giannis this isn't even his best work. Right. I, I hope it's not a, a poor Zingod uh, situation either because I think, I don't know, he's just got to stay healthy. He's yeah. got to stay healthy. He's got to, you know, keep working with those veterans and, um, you know, keep playing ball. That's it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, as long as he keeps learning from Dirk and those other guys on that team and it's like a sponge and soaks all that in and yeah. keeps playing hard. I, he'll have a great career. Yeah, exactly. Um, another player that I, I added on this list um, is, is someone from France again um, is Rudy Gobert. So Rudy is playing on the Jazz. He, he's been on the Jazz since 2013, I believe. And he was, um, he was actually sent down to, I think, the G League um, a few years ago. Um, because they wanted to to develop him and and you know they just weren't too impressed with him you know being on on the jazz as of yet um but he went down and and he was on the jazz for you know uh, a part of um i think the 14 season and they they brought him back up and uh you know he was he was playing lights out in uh the 2016-17 season um he led the league with two and a half blocks per game um which I, I can't even, like, I, I wish I could go back to that season and, like, watch. Like, he must have been on the highlight reel, like, all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just two like you're averaging two blocks a game, over two blocks a game. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then that season too, he had 14 points per game and and 13 rebounds per game, um, which is just an impressive season. And that showed because they gave him a hundred million dollar contract after that. So, uh, <laughs> I think he deserves it. I think he's a developing player. He's still young. Um. I mean, relatively young. He, he came in the league 2013, so it's been six years now. But, um, yeah, I, I think he, he definitely deserves a, a mention. Um, he's still got a lot lot of time to play. Um, and he's playing on a pretty solid jazz team as well, you know, past couple of years. So, um, mm. yeah. Yeah, and this season he's averaging 15 points and 13 rebounds a game. I mean, yeah. that's – solid yeah <laughs> that's a solid big man and he's shooting 65 percent from the floor yeah like that's that's impressive yeah that's pretty good so i i didn't realize he was so solid maybe i'll have to start watching the jazz more i know i don't i think he's overlooked a little bit yeah but hey and then uh the last player i had on my list here um ben gordon now some people remember Ben Gordon, uh, probably most notably from uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, ben Gordon's actually from uh, the UK. So, and I didn't know that either, you know, going into our podcast tonight. But um, he played for the Bulls. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a pretty strong beginning to his career. He actually won um, the national championship with UConn, uh, I think in 04. And... He uh, he was drafted into the league, um, you know, played with the Bulls for a while. That's where I remember him most. And, and uh, his rookie season, um, he became the only player to ever win the uh, sixth man of the year award. Um, so that that's impressive in itself. Coming off the bench as a rookie, which is usually what happens unless you're a superstar. And, yeah. uh, you know, winning that sixth man of the year award, obviously he, he made a huge impact. Um, so that's impressive in its own right. Um, and then I found too Gordon was, uh, second in career three point field goals for the bulls, um, behind Kirk Heinrich, uh, who did play with MJ and, and all those guys throughout, uh, the nineties. So, um, pretty impressive for the time that he was with the bulls. Um, but since then, uh, you know, he, he hasn't played very much, uh, you know, in the NBA per se, but, um, towards the end of his career, he he really started uh, starting going downhill. So, yeah, sad to see it, but I mean, he had a good run the first five six seasons. Yeah, like, it was fun to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But well, <laughs> I think that wraps it up, homie. I think so too. That was a that was a long list. Yeah, it was a long list. Maybe a little too long, but I we had a lot of names that we wanted to talk about that are not forgotten but overlooked yeah overlooked you know basketball has you know has really expanded across the the globe and europe you know it it has a wonderful league with some wonderful players and you know china too australia like there's there's so there's so many parts of the world that basketball has reached and there's some really solid players that you know don't necessarily need to play in their own country and they come to the NBA and they're just all-stars and it's just so impressive 
to see, you know, all these European players come and uh, really make a career and uh, really be standouts in, uh, in this league. Yeah, I agree. It's cool because you don't see them in college and stuff. No, so it's like yeah. brand new, exciting guys, especially if they're really good. Like it's really fun to watch them or if they bring like a new attitude or charisma to the game. Right. So it's really cool. I, I like watching some of these guys. Yeah, for sure. And I'll have to go back like on YouTube and watch some of the older guys. Yeah. That, you know, I didn't get to see play in person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cool, man. That was fun. It was a good podcast. It was fun. Um, I agree. We will uh, we'll be back next week as long as the snow doesn't uh, hinder our electricity. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And uh, have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.